0: Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today we've got Jeff Lester from Hunt Hard Outfitters, based out of Eastern Arizona. Jeff focuses on Unit One and Twenty Seven. He also has a guiding operation in New Mexico, and uh, also has his own line of gear and packs and and uh, clothing and such. Um, Jeff, how are you doing? Good, great, Jay uh where have i caught you today where are you at uh
1: today i'm in uh washington uh south of seattle i think that's how you pronounce it i think every time i've said it up here everybody's corrected me so i'm not really (laughs) sure that's
0: how you say it (laughs) and you're you're doing a trade show up here Uh yeah
1: trade show i've been on the road doing some shows and uh pushing our new gear um and hunts but mostly gear in the west Uh, since the packs that we have are right now western oriented you know and then uh the other stuff we have coming for the east we'll we'll have out next year but right now we're just pushing the the main packs that we have coming out for the west so
0: right on sounds good and uh uh jeff where can guys uh find your gear where what where do they need to go to see your stuff
1: uh, they can go to hunthard.com. Uh, right now, that's our old website, and I've never been really that great of a web guy. But we're we're getting on board with the new website. And uh, if you go to hunthardgear.com, you can view the new gear. And here shortly in the next week, that's going to take place of hunthard.com. So hunthard.com will be the site, um, the official site of the gear site and then we'll be currently building a new outfitter website as well. So we separated all the companies, um, so that each of them stand alone, um, uh, for years, they've always been one under hunt hard. And, uh, we wanted to separate that, uh, in the marketplace so that people didn't have any confusion on exactly what we did. So, uh, you know, we're doing the outfitting as well as uh, gear and apparel.
0: Sounds so. good. Uh, that's great. Uh, I wanted to dive in today. Uh, We've got the Arizona elk application and antelope applications coming up. Uh, The deadline, I believe, is Tuesday, uh, February 14th. Uh, And uh, everybody, I'm sure your phone's been blowing up. Everybody's wanting to know uh, about this upcoming season Uh, and talking about Unit 1 and 27 with the archery hunts, the early rifle, the muzzleloader, the late archery Uh, on the late rifle hunts uh before we get into that um i want to talk to you about you had a heck of a personal season last year as far as elk hunting uh you you harvested a great bull in utah and uh, a bull in arizona i was gonna ask you to talk a little bit about that
1: well yeah i was lucky enough to draw uh, a couple of great tags i i uh you know, that's half the battle in this, in this hunting industry is, in the hunting world is drawing the good tags, you know, you got to get a good tag to, you know, take a good animal, uh, most of the time, and, uh, I was lucky enough to draw, I drew a boulder tag in Utah, and I drew the only random tag in the unit, so I drew with, with only four bonus points, <laughs> so... I, I was like a 0.04% chance of drawing the tag I drew, so uh, I felt pretty blessed with that. Um, anyway, had a really good hunt there, uh, hired an outfitter, um, Jesse Hatch uh, from Utah, and kind of did a semi-guided deal where I went up and just spent some time with him on the boulder, and he showed me the areas and you know, showed me what they had on trail cams and different things, and and just kind of learned the area with him, spent a lot of time just driving the roads and trails in different places with him, and and then he pretty much set me loose and uh, hunted with me a day here and a day there, and we had a great time on the boulder. And uh, I was really impressed with Utah's uh, age class that I was seeing on the unit. Didn't see as many elk as I thought I would see. Um, I think the cattlemen kind of ruled in Utah. I saw, I've never never seen so many grazing animals on on public ground in my life, <laughs> but uh, had a great hunt, um, saw, passed, in, passed up a number of really solid 350 kind of bulls, uh, and was lucky enough to take a 385 bull um, that I actually, we didn't even know about the bull, I went into a new area, and I think this bull had relocated into that area, and I kept chasing, chasing down bugles. So they, uh, that hunt, Utah, they give some really horrendous dates to the archery hunters, which is kind of baffling if you're from Arizona or any other state, but they cater to the rifle hunter there, and the archery hunt, I can't remember, I think it was the 20th is what day that started. I guess you had the tag too, Jay, is that, is that when that hunt started was the 20th? Yeah,
0: I had the beaver tag, um, and I want to say it was around the, yeah, it was around the I don't know, eighteenth or twentieth, something like that in August. Yeah. And then it runs it ran till the sixteenth of September, I think, this year.
1: Right. So we had the later hunt this year going to the sixteenth, but as you know in elk hunting, uh, it's just getting good about that time. And the last week of my hunt was I didn't hunt the last week, I hunted the first two days I guess of the last week and then that I killed on the second day. So I really only had about two days of really good rut action. And I was lucky enough to chase down, you know, a number of bulls in that time and and got lucky and put my eyes on this one and, and stalked into, you know, 60 yards and, and got a good shot on this bull. And it was all over. So I was pretty excited. I was pumped. I um, thought I had shot a kind of a lesser bull. No, he was a big bull, but it, the math on my bull was phenomenal as a lot of the bulls on the boulder are and i i thought i had shot a you know a mid 60s bull and then uh when we walked up to him obviously we were we were surprised to see that he was much bigger you know because um it was just the time length is where i got confused because he was so heavy you know i thought he was bigger on the hoof right when i shot him (laughs) and then when he ran by me when I arrowed him and he ran by me, that's when I thought he was a mid-60 bull. So I, my first guess of the bull was correct. My second guess of the bull was wrong. So.
0: You know, mass does that on most all animals when you get, you know, at, as you know, Jeff, at, when you get a, something that's heavy, it hides length. Um, and yes, it does. You, you get an overall sense, you, you, you know, it's hard to kind of field judge them when they're really heavy because it, they don't appear as long as they are. And, uh, yeah, that was an awesome bull. That boulder's a thick mountain, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a jungle. Uh, it reminded me of baldy wilderness in, in, in my neck of the woods in Arizona. Uh, baldy wilderness on steroids. I mean, it was 75 miles, you know, long by about 45 miles wide. And yeah, it's a, it's a jungle. It's really thick, got big open parks, kind of like, uh, some of the stuff we hunt in unit one, but the elk don't come into the parks like you think they would uh much like they do in arizona they The elk have different uh you know um, the characteristics I don't, I don't i guess you wouldn't habits. call it a characteristics but yeah habits habits their habits in Utah are a little different than the you know the elk in Arizona and new mexico the they, they do some different things there such as they hit wallows really really early. Uh, when they before the rut comes in you know they really hit the wallows hard and I actually set wallows for a week up there which is not my style and it was very very hard for me to do that daylight to dark Uh, but we had a specific bull we were looking for and of course he never came in I passed up I think 30 or 40 bulls that were that came into those wallows and but nothing of any size just a lot of young bulls. Uh, I think the biggest bull I passed on the wallows was about 340.
0: Now, Jeff, speaking of wallows, I want to get your opinion. I would tell you in Arizona that the bulls don't really start wallowing till the rut's really going, whereas it seems like in Utah, they're even kind of wallowing like right when they're losing their velvet. And it's kind of strange to me. I noticed that uh, when I've been in Utah uh the the beaver and then 10 years ago or so i was on the boulder and i explain explain what your thoughts are as far as do you notice bulls wallowing that early and why do you think they're wallowing in utah early
1: okay yeah that's that's basically what i was referring to that they did wallow early in utah and they don't do that in arizona or new mexico why um i have no idea and you know when when Jesse had told me, hey, we you ought to set these wallows? I looked at him like he was stupid. I'm thinking to myself, wallow? These elk don't wallow till they rut. And these elk were not even in. You know, I mean, there were some bulls that were literally just coming out of velvet that were climbing in a wallow, and 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 I don't I don't have any idea what it had to do with. At first, I thought it could be bugs. You know. Uh, But they're not any higher or lower than some of the country. In fact, they're a lot higher where we were hunting than most of the stuff we hunt in Arizona. So I don't think bugs were the issue. You know, I thought maybe that, you know, they were crawling in there because of the flies or whatever. But I I have no idea why those bulls in Utah would wallow that early. And we never see that in Arizona. You can walk up to a wallow in Arizona and it's clear clear, uh, all the way until you know, probably September 10th, 11th, 12th, right in there, that's when those bulls will start crawling in those wallows, you know, as the, the cows start coming into heat and, and that rut activity starts really cranking up. That's when you're going to see uh, our elk wallow, you know. And I've noticed that. I've put trail cameras on wallows in Arizona a number of times, and they won't get any activity till you know, the 10th, 11th, 12th of September. Maybe other units have, I mean, maybe other people have had different experiences with that. I just, I've, a number of times I've put cameras on wallows and just never got uh the activity. Now, in Utah, I could not believe the activity we had on trail cams on wallows. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, there was, a, you know, I, one night I had 11 different bulls come into a wallow Uh and, that was in August, that wasn't even in September, I hadn't even, I was still when I was, I went up, because I hunted 17 days in Utah, because I went up and pounded it out, because I was trying to get done, so I could get back to Arizona, and, you know, I, I was blown away, I could not believe that that many bulls would come in and crawl in those wallows that early, you know, so.
0: Yeah, for sure, and then, so, Uh, Then you shot your bull in Utah, and you had an Arizona tag, uh, 27 tag yourself. um, Yeah, I had a home turf, and how did that go?
1: Yeah, I had a 27 uh, archery elk tag in Arizona. I was lucky enough to draw two of the two great tags in one year. So the plan was as soon as I was done in Utah, then I would bail home to Arizona and, and start scouting and. And getting ready for the hunt there now what I was lucky enough to do is this year the hunt started later because they put the trophy um the trophy hunt before the archery hunt in 27 and because of that my dates it matched up perfectly to date it actually overlapped by one day so Utah uh was one day on top of my Arizona hunt and then I came home to hunt Arizona but lucky I killed a week before went down and I had two days to scout prior to my 27 hunt. So I went and set camp and, and, uh, of course we had hunters and, in, in you know, uh, both units there. So I, I did my own thing. I didn't want to, you know, step on anyone's toes, uh, that we were guiding or anything. So I kind of went and did my own thing and, and had a really good hunt there. Uh, number one, two, and three, Bulls in, in 27 that we had scouted were all dead prior to my archery hunt starting.
0: And when you're saying that uh, the Game and Fish did something weird last year and they actually put the early rifle hunt in front of the archery hunt, so there was a seven-day rifle hunt before your archery hunt started, and yeah. so your top three bulls were killed. Um, and yeah, the top
1: three bulls were all killed before my hunt uh, came in, came on.
0: How did you notice uh, the bugling uh, or the elk behavior was impacted by having that rifle hunt uh, prior to the archery what what was your thoughts on that impact Um
1: well I have a couple of opinions on that I mean the the rut the rut activity and the bugling and different things of in the archery hunt I thought were horrendous I thought it was it was terrible and I don't necessarily I wouldn't say that it's just it was a rifle hunt that caused that. I just think the bull to cow ratio is really screwed up, and um, I just think the elk aren't rutting like they used to. I have no idea why. I mean, I've, I've talked to different people, and we have a, a lot of different opinions between the wolves and and uh, oh, I mean, there's a number of reasons that people say, uh, but we just don't see, we just aren't seeing the rut activity the same i mean a number of times um, i went four days in my 27 hunt where i never heard or saw an elk now i was hunting some rough country where that could probably happen a little more but to not hear a bull bugle in four days um isn't normal and well, let, I would,
0: let me ask so, you a question with that jeff it, you know by piling the rifle hunt in there before the archers uh you know there's what was there 40 tags or yeah 40 uh, early rifle well then that you've got all the helpers and everybody out you know in my opinion it was almost like i wasn't there but i can uh i've seen i saw it in unit nine where they put the early rifle hunt in front of the archery and it seemed like just when the elk wanted to kind of start thinking about rutting the pressure really came in the gunshots went off and then it took them a while to kind of get back and get into, you know, then the archery hunt starts and it's like they just got bombarded before they could even start really going.
1: And that, Jay, that's, I mean, that's a very good theory because, I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. I mean, it, the elk just did not want to bugle. I mean, I watched uh, about a 330, 340 kind of bull on the side of a hill with 13 cows. All day during the third or fourth day of the hunt, waiting, I was just glassing a big face looking for a specific bull that I was trying to find, and that bull never peaked all day, and eventually a smaller raghorn kind, you know, 280 kind of bull come walking up the hill to him, bumped into his cows, the bull bugled one time, that, and ran that bull off, and then he shut up the rest of the night till dark. So, you know, for him not to be chousing and pushing those cows around, and I mean, he was rutting those cows, but he was not juggling, and he was not vocal. And I've seen that two years in a row now in 27, where the elk just were really quiet, and and weren't talking near like they, you know, like the old days where you'd get in the giant scrums and and the elk, you know, would go ballistic, and you didn't know which way to go. So, I hadn't seen that kind of rut activity in a few years in some of these units. Unit one, a lot of times, is you know, has been kind of the same as well. Uh, we just haven't, you know. I think that the cow numbers are really, really down in the units. Of course, they won't tell you that when um, we disagree with <laughs> a lot of what the science says, and you know, I think they need to listen to us a little more. It, it, you know, we've been guiding and outfitting these units for over twenty years, so we've seen the we've seen the ups and downs, and we've seen, you know. Uh, what the numbers have done and that the increase of tags is kind of that's a whole other thing we could get going on but
0: for sure i mean let's talk about the archery hunt in unit one in in 27 in unit one there's 300 bull tags 75 cow tags uh in 27 there's 225 bull tags and 100 cow tags uh this year the season dates are september 15th through the 20th or 28th And September 20th this year is a a dark moon. So as far as dates, I feel like the dates for the Arizona archery hunt are going to be about as good as they can be. Um, Neither one of Unit 1 or 27 has that goofy rifle hunt before. Um, What is your idea on those dates uh, and your outlook for that archery hunt in 1 and 27?
1: Uh, for unit one, I, you know, I believe it's going to be, uh, it'll still be a really good hunt. Uh, the action, you know, unit one is one of our higher units in the state. I mean, of course, you know, it's not a low unit and
0: you're talking elevation.
1: Yeah. Elevation. And, uh, it's very consistent.
0: The rut's usually pretty consistent
1: there in unit one. Um, so I'm expecting to have a really good, uh, archery season in unit one age class, uh, has been whittled down a little bit in Unit One. Don't get me wrong; there's still some big bulls running around, but it's nothing like twelve, thirteen, or fourteen, where you know there was big cranker bulls everywhere in the unit. So they've shot the age class. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say they've shot it out, but they've shot it. Definitely, they've whittled it down to, uh, you know, some, a lot, lot less numbers of of you know that seven to nine year old bull running around
0: so how much of that how much of that uh do you think is the late hunts whacking the bulls as opposed to the archery hunts uh you talk about in unit one i think there's 325 bull tags and there's 460 and 27 how much of the whittling down quality how much of it do you think is from the archery hunt impact how much is from the early rifle and how much is from the late hunt impact
1: uh i think most of it is is all the late hunt and the reason I say that is because everybody's shooting a thousand yard gun now and running a set of 15 Swarovskis so I mean the elk and with the burns everything's a sitting duck so you know we have a between the guides and stuff we we laugh because we say you know a lot of guys don't want to shoot long range and some guys do and some guys don't especially eastern hunters they're not used to shooting long ranges but the You know, the sad reality is, is if you don't lay down and shoot at 600 yards, the guy up the ridge is. And, you know, uh, two years ago, I I had six different bulls in a late hunt get shot because we wouldn't take, because my hunters didn't want to shoot long range. So we didn't lay down and shoot. And within the next 20 minutes of that, somebody was shooting at the elk that we were watching. And so it happened a number of times that we saw bulls get shot at, at you know, five, six, seven hundred yards because, you know, we weren't actually taking those shots because my hunter didn't want to shoot that kind of range, and those bulls got shot because someone else did. And, and that's happened for the last three seasons. We've seen it. This year was the worst I'd ever seen on, on you know, hearing multiple rounds going off of 20 25 rounds at one setting that means somebody is is shooting long range and, and obviously if they're shooting that many times they have no clue of
0: what they're doing um yeah. so they're going through a box you know, of bullets you're sitting there listening to them ra- rifle yep. through a box of bullets
1: yep at least six or seven times did i hear uh 20 consecutive rounds or more at one setting
0: goodness just a shooting gallery. Oh.
1: Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's guys that can make those long range shots, and I know that there's a huge uh, discussion right now about you know the long range shooting. Is it hunting or is it just shooting? And there's all kinds of people that you know on social media that are you know jumping into conversation on that. And I mean, everybody has their own opinion about that. Um, you know, being an outfitter and a hunter myself, uh, you know, of course, I have my own opinions of it and uh it is what it is uh, it would be hard there's nothing that they could really do to police it um it's just it's going to happen um the only thing that they could do maybe is cut some numbers and tags because uh they can say what they want but with without having mandatory harvest reports you know i know that the the harvest numbers are up uh, I, I, but i really don't know how what to credit that to you look at it you don't know what to believe because we don't have mandatory harvest reports, so. Everything, in my opinion, we're, we're, we're taking an educated guess at really what's going on here.
0: So. Yeah, gotcha. Um, let's take a quick break here. Uh, I want to thank my sponsors of the podcast, uh, GoHunt.com Insider, and remind you guys that if you use the J. Scott promo code when signing up for an Insider membership, you'll automatically get a $50 Kuyu gift card also want to remind you that go hunt insider has just released the accurate arizona draw odds with the new calculations from the five percent uh in the random or excuse me five percent go to the max pool and five percent in the random pool for non-residents uh so make sure to check out gohunt.com insider use the j scott promo code also, Phonescope.com, if you use the jscott 16 promo code, you get 10% discount on f- all Phonescope products. You can go to Phonescope.com and the Outdoorsman's, the Optics Authority, uh, 1-800-291-8065, Outdoorsman's.com. If you use the JScott promo code, you get 10% off on all the Outdoorsman's uh, products and gear there. And then, of course, uh, real game calls out of Colorado. Uh, I don't know, Jeff, uh, did you get a chance to pick up a real game calls last year or did you hear the nasally sounds that this little, little elk reel call makes? I've had a lot of uh, people buy the call and tell me how much they really like it and how, how nasally and accurate it, it is and easy to blow Uh, Real Game Calls, you get a 20% discount if you use the J. Scott promo code. Uh, Go to realgamecalls.com. And I want to thank those sponsors. They make this podcast possible. Um, Jeff, I want to get back to uh, your outlook for 2017. We started talking about the archery hunt with 300 bull tags. Um, In your mind... As, as a part of your outlook, I mean, if if unit one was 150 archery bull tags, in your opinion, would it be just the most unbelievable hunt, uh, archery hunt in the state? But because of the 300 tags, it almost holds it back a little bit because of the number of people?
1: Yeah, it definitely holds it back, Jay, due to pressure, and it makes the hunt not as enjoyable as it once was for years it was 150 tags and it was always just the most rockin' hunt you could ever imagine just because you know you were hunting a bull and you didn't have 10 other guys hunting the elk well now with the cow tags on top of the bull tag uh, on top of 300 tags it's uh i can't say what we call it on i mean on the air but uh it's uh it's quite an interesting show to say the least sometimes um luckily we're from the area so we know where to get in and get away from a lot of people and still you know get into the quality bulls uh but yes it's it's definitely i would love it to love to see it go back to 150 uh tags on that hunt and i would like to see the cow i mean personally i'd like to see the cow hunts completely go away um or have a completely separate date to hunt them. Yeah. Um, I wish the cow hunts I mean, I think they need to quit killing cows across the state, and that's nine, ten, three, eight, three. three, eight, it's everywhere. I think the cow numbers are, are low. Uh, they've said what the uh, you know the elk numbers are in Arizona, and I I, just, I disagree with, with the numbers that are presented right now. It's just I think it's off the charts. when you think about how many cows were hunting when I was a kid growing up. I can remember going out on 260 and seeing, you know, a thousand head of cows coming across the highway in the snow and and, and the same with 60 uh, towards Sholo. And you just don't see those numbers anymore like that. Uh, much smaller ca- groups of cows when you're, of course, in the hunts as well, you don't see those big, big herds of cows. You know, you see a five, six, seven cows here, and, you know, occasionally a, a bull will have ten cows with it or something. You don't see the satellite bulls and different things, which we've, we've, we've learned to hunt them in a different way and, and, you know, we're going to adapt to what we have to adapt to, to, to kill elk. Uh, we've ran 100%, uh, kill, kill statistics in Arizona for over five years. I actually, I think we've only had one or two hunters in Arizona in the last five years not killing elk on any hunt. So, your so success, it's not number.
0: Yeah. Go ahead. So, it's not, it, it, you guys are still getting it done, but it's it's more of a challenge. Um, it, what would you say is, is a better hunt? Would you say unit one archery elk hunt is better than 27, um, you know, and maybe compare that to years past or how that's maybe changed or if it's still the same? Um.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't put one or twenty seven over one another. They're equal in a number of different ways. Uh, I think that unit one, you know of course with the road access, it's a much milder unit for for a client to come in and be in shape twenty seven is a lot more rugged you know as as myself having my own tag this year in twenty seven I probably never hunted as hard ever, on any hunt, as I did on my archery hunt, and I I put some serious miles on my feet and was chasing a specific bull that was, you know, a, a 390 kind of bull, and never, never got him killed, but it was because I was, I'd come off the Utah hunt, and I was in good shape from that, and I, you know, I, I hunted the bull for eight days of the hunt, and it was a very, very strenuous hunt. You know physic- you know physical because of the terrain that I was in now unit one you're not gonna have that kind of don't get me wrong there's still places that you know you can get get in and get away and get into some rough country but it's nothing like twenty seven so I wouldn't put one one over twenty seven um only when it comes to who 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 has the tag and if if they're in the shape to hunt twenty seven versus unit one um Size-wise, you know, I think a lot of bulls come to unit one to rut, and and a a number of those bulls might come up out of 27 because I think the cow herds are stronger in one, and it being the milder ground, uh, a lot more cows come to one to rut. uh, You know, the the bull-to-cow ratio I think is a lot higher during the archery hunt than it is in the late hunt. And then in the late hunt, I think a lot of those bulls go back into 27 to winter. And I know that's true for a number of reasons, because we have trail cam pics of a number of bulls that come in, you know, during that have left twenty seven. So they they summer in twenty seven, they rut in unit one, and then they go back to twenty seven to winter. And I've seen bulls that have been shot on the late hunts and we have video and and have watched and hunted those bulls in unit one rutting in the archery hunt. And then they go back to twenty seven and then we see them get shot in the late rifle hunt there.
0: That's interesting. how How did you end up doing on your twenty seven archery hunt? Uh, did you Did you end up killing a good one?
1: Yeah, I killed a really, really good bull. Uh, he's at, he was uh, right at three seventy. Um, he had one of his antlers was stunned um, on the top. He, so one antler was twenty inches smaller than the other antler. And the bull gross three seventy. If the big antler would have matched up, it'd have been three ninety. Um, big old, bull. so he's still a great bull. Yeah. yeah, very old, giant body. Never had, never had the uh, bull on trail cam in either unit. Uh, I believe the bull probably summered. Um, my guess is he summered on, you know, either the, the San Carlos or Fort or Fort Apache. Yeah, he was a. I'm thinking he's a res bull that come across the line looking for cows and. Uh, shot him, you know, not really close to the line. I mean, he was, you know, a couple, two or three miles deep on our side. Um, but doesn't mean that, you know, I do believe that bull was a, a res bull. Yeah. He had, I think the bull was probably, you know, he was at least, I'm guessing the bull was 11, or 11 years old probably. Yeah, and I mean, it, Very old people
0: don't realize, but those bulls, they can make a two or three mile move overnight, no problem. I mean, they can make a ten mile move overnight to chase cows. Right. And that's one of the things, the perks of hunting a one and twenty seven, and you know, you you border the Fort Apache, you border the San Carlos, you never know what might show up, and I think that's always the allure to, uh, Unit One and Twenty Seven is there's always res bulls, uh, that that you know get get lonely and start searching for cows that you know they, they there's more a lot of cows out there on the public ground and you know they get out there and and like dar says they get stupid and uh, they get in the right. wrong place at the wrong time and it sounds like you found one of those um well I was, what he'd done is go ahead no go ahead what did the bull do
1: what 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 did he had, this bull had done is i had seen him the night before I didn't know it was him. I just put a spot scope on him and looked at him, uh, at, at you know, a mile away. I, and he was by himself. And so I just, I, I looked at him and said, oh, that's a, that's a solid bull. I didn't get a really good look at him cause it was really low light. But when he turned a couple of times, I thought something was wrong with one of his antlers. And I, I went back in there the next morning where that was and, ended up hiking almost three miles into another spot and ended up killing that bull. (laughs) So that bull had made a giant loop that night. And he had got into, that was the only scrum of bulls I got into in my whole hunt where I come up out of a draw. I mean, they were pushing 20 cows up out of a canyon, and there were six bulls with that group of 20 cows. And I got down in the middle of them, and then realized I actually passed the bull. I shot up once at 50 yards. He walked by me, and he, and he had the, the palmation, you know, the big, uh, you know, kind of weird antler was facing me when he come through the timber, and so I passed him. And then he got across the draw and started raking a tree, and I got to put my glass on him and really study him, and I thought, man, that's a lot bigger bull than I had assumed. And so I got down in between him and another bull had come up and taken one of his cows. And when he did that, I just snuck down and got on the trail that that other bull and gave him, it gave him a few minutes. And then here he come up to get that cow from that bull and, you know, walked by me. And that's when I killed him. So
0: do you do you think so it, was, uh, so it was a great 2016 archery elk season for you with Utah and and, 20, and Unit 27? Uh, you were able to personally harvest two great bulls. That's fantastic. Um, with that 27 hunt, I believe the the archery elk hunt dates last year were the 9th through the 22nd. But 27, obviously that first week, that 9th through the 16th was the uh, early rifle hunt. So in other words, uh, the archery hunt, I, d- I don't believe started till about September 17th last year, which is basically the same dates as this year. Um, but with the archery dates being the 15th through the 28th, with no pressure being in 27 on the early rifle hunt prior to the archery, like last year, do you think it's going to be a better archery hunt than it was last year?
1: Yes, for, yeah, I do think it's going to be rut wise. Um, I mean, we're, I assume that it will be. doesn't mean that it will be because the last few years, like I said, it's, the rut rut activity and with the bugling and stuff has just been off from what I grew up with in those units, um, and have been hunting for, you know, I've been hunting those units for years and for the last three seasons, we haven't seen that rut action near what it, what it used to be. You know, I just, I I have no idea on the, on the vocalization of the bulls. I don't know why they're not as vocal as they, but we just haven't seen that, you know, and, and the kill rate and ratios from what the general hunters were hunting in 27 this year, you know, I didn't see near the elk hanging in camps that you usually see, and a lot of people were really having a hard time. Um, I stopped in a number of camps, people that stopped and talked to me, and a number of times I tried to help people uh, on maps and <laughs> draw, you know, trying to get people that people I didn't even know, you know, just people that were really struggling, tried to help them out. Um, and get them into areas where they could at least, you know, get into some action on elk, you know. Sure. Uh, Just to, you know, try to, there was guys camped near me that really struggled, and I felt terrible. I'd come in at night and, you know, have big bull stories, and they, they, you know, had been skunked during the day, and so sometimes I just kept my mouth shut because I just felt so bad for some of them, you know.
0: For sure. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about the late archery. This year's dates are November 10th through the 23rd. And in unit one, there's 30 tags. In unit 27, uh, there's 30 tags. And if I if I look at the Gohan Insider and looking at non-resident, non-resident, it was 100 percent draw last year with 10 points in unit one and it was 12 points in unit 27, which I thought that number of 12 was pretty high. Um, one, it, it, that hunt kind of intrigues me for someone that's a really good hunter. And, uh, you know, it's a 14 day season. Um, what are your thoughts on those late archery elk hunts in one and 27 prior to the, the, the late rifle hunts?
1: Uh, my thoughts on it are I would never burn that kind of points on a late, archery tag because I just never would do that and I would never tell one of my clients to do that as well um you know if someone is very 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 experienced they want they're going to do it themselves or you know we we guide the hunt we've had archery late archery hunters in those hunts and we've done very good um size wise is a little tougher I mean you're going to it's a spot and stock hunt you got to glass them up and you're going to have to walk over there get on them you know, in their beds and get an arrow in them. It's a completely opposite hunt from the early hunt. So, you know, being a late archery hunt, it, it does have some, you know, it's got, I mean, we, we've killed 100% on that hunt for all the hunters that we've had in those hunts have all killed bulls. But it's, it's not an easy hunt, very physical, uh, even in one, because those bulls have moved into the rough stuff. And when you glass those bulls up, I mean, you've got to be ready to go now. When they when they bed up and different things, and and you got to be able to climb hard and fast to get up into where they're at, and you got to have a lot of patience. It's a tough hunt, but it's it can be very rewarding. I'm not saying it's not. I mean, it's just, but it's not your classic archery elk hunt, of course. You know, yeah.
0: You're you're, you're in there, and um, they're not beautiful. Do you, you know, get you any feel- any like? you know second third rut any bugling at all i mean i've heard of you know as crazy as it sounds i've heard of that the some of the times the bulls in unit one especially are actually kind of bugling a little bit on that hunt
1: yeah i i know guys have said that and i've heard that uh, i personally hadn't been guiding the hunt uh my guides some of the guides that because i'm in new mexico during that hunt on a late muzzleloader hunt and the guys that we've had over in arizona have had a you know a bull found off here and there but it's nothing like you know they're pushing and and really rutting cows where they're just really really vocal i mean i i know one day they had some a lot of vocal bulls but it wasn't something that was consistent
0: gotcha and then moving on into the late rifle hunts there's 325 tags in one and 460 now we're just talking bull tags and the the season dates are bumped back a little bit this year, December first through the seventh, uh, which is a week, yeah, week saw later. Yeah, I that. that was, Do you think that's going to make the hunt better or worse, being later? I don't think it's really going to
1: change much. Um, you know, it's 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 a week, and it's if it was up during the rut you know in October or September October it would make make a difference but being late it's late it's a week later I actually like the hunt being a week later because it does impress me on, on a couple of my New Mexico hunts where we had to just pack camp and and you know haul butt for Arizona so we could get going there so it gives me some time to to come in and and have the whole crew there scouting for the late hunt. you know so I I don't I don't think it's really going to make a difference it's later the only thing it could now obviously with weather every time we push those hunts back if it's cold you know we had a very warm hunting season this year and then when it turned cold overnight it, it got cold and we had a, when we had weather on the late hunt this year it snowed and we i think we got close to a foot of snow on the mountain
0: does that make the hunting the better time. in your opinion? If so by being a week later, being colder and having snow, is that does that make it even better hunt?
1: It does. Um makes the you know, on the big burned hillsides obviously the the they stick out like sore thumbs and the elk love to lay in the snow, so you know they're gonna they're gonna get in there and it it does make it better. Uh if it storms during the hunt, of course they hold up pretty tight in the thickets during the storm but after the storms they when they break you know the bulls are up moving and, and you know it can make you know for really good hunting it just depends you know this year we had a we had a couple solid days of storming during the hunt and it made it you know nobody was having any luck during that and as soon as those storms broke uh, it was really really good and you know we shot we had nine clients on the late rifle hunt and we You know, everybody filled their tag, and we killed some really good bulls. Um, So, and I, you know, half of those bulls were shot after those storms broke, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I wish
1: the numbers, you know, I think they, so if there's 325 in unit one, I believe that's been cut by 25 tags. Now, I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that, because I get numbers mixed up in my head between New Mexico, Arizona, and everything. But I want to say there was 350 last year in unit one, but I could be wrong. Um it was either three fifty or three twenty five obviously but and then and then they four, have, that number hasn't fluctuated. Yeah.
0: So. And then four sixty um in twenty seven. But one thing to point out too, I don't have the, the, the dates right in front of me. Kind of from the time the archery the early archery hunt starts and then there's cow tags and I mean there's in both of those units there's just consecutive hunts for deer yeah, they don't, and they don't lay off Turkey they do and, not lay off yeah
1: yeah so there's people in the woods non-stop and there is no i mean and with 460 late tags in 27 i mean that's asinine in my opinion yeah i mean why they would ever put that many rifle tags in unit 27 is beyond me i mean they are they 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 you know and i've, I've talked to with a number of the Game of Fish guys, the commissioners and different things, and it just, you know, and they keep putting it back to the science. Well, science says, science says, but I can tell you right now that that many guns in the woods in that late rifle hunt with the burns and the different things is... Is is going to devastate our units if they don't change
0: that. Well, don't they fly their so. surveys prior to the rut? I mean, so the numbers that they're going off of are are summer grounds and rutting grounds numbers, and then it's and, in my yeah, mind it's totally we, changed by the time the late late elk hunt starts. Uh, yes, I, I it just, does. I don't see what it. happens
1: when all those elk. What happens when all those elk go back
0: to the rest into
1: twenty seven for the late hunt? Yeah. Now now your numbers are completely off of what you're thinking you're hunting. And, you know, when I was in Utah, I know that we had talked uh, with, you know, a couple of the guys up there, and a lot of those bulls on the boulder would winter on the Dutton. And then the Dutton, they would do these surveys, and they had to actually go and prove that the bulls were coming off of the boulder and wintering on the Dutton. Because they were doing, and that's what they were calculating all their surveys by, but that was completely wrong because the late hunts, a lot of the bulls were leaving and being shot on the button. Same thing happens in some of these other units. Um, you get crossover, and when you get that crossover, it, it all depends when you do that survey. Right. That survey being done at, at a certain time, because if you were to fly uh, 27 in the late hunt and fly it in you know, before the rut, you're going to get completely two different counts. Right. And I just disagree mainly on how they do that, and I disagree on, you know, not having that mandatory harvest report. Uh, I, I believe that a mandatory harvest report would give us correct numbers, and we, but I just believe that they don't want us to know exact numbers because they're not going to match what they've always, you know, presented. And because of that, they want us to believe. They did it in the Kayabab. We used to have a check station in the Kayabab, and you checked your deer, and those numbers were always pretty accurate, I'm guessing, because of the check stations. Well, when the Kayabab hunting got really bad there for a few years, they took that check station out. Well, that's kind of interesting that they took it out at that time. And now nobody really knows, and then, but they would still print the statistics in the, in the regs, And really, we're just relying on if that's correct or not. And people make their choices up off those statistics. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it's, and that's the, you know, one of my problems with a lot of the way the system is, is guys wait years to draw these Arizona tags. I've got guys that that have been in this draw system for 15 years and they're going off my recommendation from 15 years ago in a way. And the hunts have definitely changed across the board from what they were 10 or 15 years ago. So much of Arizona, and that's across the board, it's not just one in 27, it's all the units are living off their past reputation. Not that there's not still great bulls to get in there and get killed. It's just that it's nothing um, like it was at one time. And And, you know, I had a guy yesterday at the show come and said, I have hunted unit nine three times. And I asked him, when was the last time you hunted it? And he said, 12 years ago. And I said, well, it's a far cry from what it was 12 years ago, buddy.
0: Yeah, and I think we've talked about this with different guests on the podcast. Uh, Arizona, people need to understand Arizona's quality, Arizona's elk numbers, Arizona's quality of bulls has come down. It is not what it was in 2005. Uh, I attribute a lot of that to numbers, uh, too many tags, and, you know, we have to decide as, as hunters, uh, do we want opportunity or do we want quality? And there's a happy medium, uh, but a few years ago, there was a big cry for opportunity, and I think we're, we're seeing those, the repercussions of that now, and um, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole nother debate. Um, but but Arizona's quality is not what it used to be, and I'm hoping no, that some no. somehow we can cut these tag numbers and get back to the high quality of what Arizona used to be known as. And that's not saying right. that there's it's still not a, a great experience, but it's you know I, I've done this for twenty years and it's like right. it's not it, it it's not as good as it used to be and no it's not it's
1: and in western elk hunting terms jay it's still great don't get me wrong i mean i've been all over the west and it's great it's excellent hunting still there's no need to you know if i had 15 points right now i'd be trying to draw a tag i would not be waiting i can tell you that because if it if they don't do something it's not going to get better and so i would be trying to draw my tag now and hunt um that's just that's yeah i mean it it, I it, i think we agree on that
0: it comes down to if you've been fishing in the same fishing hole for 20 years and you can remember at times looking down and seeing you know 15 fish over 20 inches and now you go to the same fishing hole and you look down and you see three three fish over 20 inches well if you have a guy that's fishing in another hole you know down the road and he's never seen a 20 inch fish he thinks it's great but when you're used to seeing, you know, 15, 20-inch fish in there and now you're seeing three, you know that it's not as good as it used to be. That, But it may be great for the guy that's fishing down the road that, you know, he, he hadn't seen anything right. over 12 inches. So, I mean, right. it's all relative, but, there, but it, it for guys right. like us that are, you know… We used to be the young guys. Now we're kind of getting to be the older guys. It's, it's, it's <laughs> one of those things that, you know, uh, I hope we can get the tag numbers under control and get high quality back because that's, that's the what The thing is, is Jay Arizona has some units that have that opportunity. And if guys want to
1: have that opportunity, let, there's units that they can go have that in. Right. But we need units that we're going to raise the level of the age class to raise the level of maturity on these bulls. And at one time, I thought that each region was going to have that, that that was what was projected that they would do. But I saw them only do that for a couple of years, and then it seemed like that went out the window. Yeah. So having those units like that, and, you know, it's kind of sad to say, but you know, New Mexico, let's use it as an example. New Mexico, for us, for my outfit, for Hunt Hard Outfitters, we outdid Arizona this year.
0: Yeah. So we killed. that. That's killed. almost embarrassing for an Arizona resident to say that. It's true, but I'm saying, don't you almost feel bad saying that? <laughs> oh, I totally do. It's because Arizona has always, always outdid New Mexico. Yeah. But we
1: consistently produced, you know, I think we shot six or seven bulls over three fifty or four over three sixty, a three a couple over three seventy in New Mexico this year, which we were able to connect with the big bulls we saw. So this was one of those years we just didn't have a lot of misses. We we had very high success rates. We killed forty-four for forty-nine for elk and we we didn't shoot anything under three hundred inches and it was just a a banner year and we've done that for the last couple of years in New Mexico, but it's sad when you compare that to Arizona, and I actually told somebody that, one of the commissioners that, and he, he kind of thought I was kidding. And I was like, no, I'm not kidding. We we shot much bigger bulls in New Mexico than we did in Arizona. But New Mexico has stayed consistent with their numbers. Right. And consistency, you know, is what we have not seen from Arizona. As soon as the fire hit, they they." literally doubled the tags in some of these units so 150 tags in unit one and then it went to 300 archery tags 27 had 250 late rifle tags for its entire span of its life almost and then you know the wall of fire hit and we jumped clear up to 500 late tags and 460 380 i mean it's crazy crazy numbers for sure and i you know my thing is is that you know they're in the manufacturing business the, they manufacture paper tags and and no matter what they manufacture every year, they're going to sell everything they manufacture and it, people are going to go out there and they're going to hunt. And they're going to have the opportunity, but you know, the people I saw in 27 this year on the archery hunt were sad because they said, well, we hunted this 10 years ago and man, it was just awesome. And we just cannot find out. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, and you're, you you can not compare it to 10 years ago, right? Call but your the, commissioner.
0: People,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, and the thing I've tried to explain to people is, if you hire a guide or an outfitter that's been in here, we are going to find and do what it takes to get into the elk. We 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 scout it. We know it. We, we see the changes, and we're going to get in those elk. But the the the, the uh, not, I'm not going to call them a weekend warrior, but the guys that that hunt. You um, get a tag every six, seven years like because that's how the draw works. You are going to be sad when you come to hunt because if you don't do your homework, it's not going to be what it once was. And that is where you're really seeing the people, you know, get their butts kicked because they come in thinking, oh, I'm just going to go to the place I, you know, and it's just completely different. We're, sure. we're killing elk in completely different areas than we killed elk 10 years ago.
0: For sure. Oh. Well, man, it's been great talking to you about 1 in 27. And uh, when New Mexico application season gets a little closer, we'll, we'll have a chat about New Mexico elk and go over some of that. Uh, wish you the best uh, at the trade show. Be safe up there. Congratulations with the success of uh, the Hunt Hard gear and uh, encourage the listeners to uh, go check you out. And uh, what other trade shows are you going to be at uh, coming up in the next couple months, so people could maybe look you up? Uh, the ones we have on the we're going will be in will be in
1: Phoenix, uh, Salt Lake ISE. I wanted to do Western Hunting Expo, but I I couldn't get in that show. Um, so really, just the ISE show in. Uh, that's International Sports and the Expo. It'll be in Salt Lake in March, and then the, the Scottsdale show. And uh, got a couple of dealer shows that we're hitting. Um, you know, of course, pushing the gear um, on the packs and, and vinyl harnesses and everything. So
0: awesome! That's man. really it. I've already hit.
1: I hit Sacramento. I've been in. I'm in Seattle. Um, uh, actually, I go to Portland next week. I'll be or the week after next. I'll be in Portland, Oregon at that show as well so and then i i, I do do a show on dealer show in reno and a couple other shows so i'll be around but we gotta you know i'm flying home this week to get you know everything done for the draw the arizona draws coming up so i've gotta go and take care of that for a week and get everybody applied and put in and answer thousands of emails and
0: <laughs> <laughs> i hear you and and this this uh episode will uh, air here soon and so i encourage uh, guys to get a hold of jeff at hunthardoutfitters uh dot com and um jeff thanks for spending time with us uh, be safe and enjoy the show today and uh, i'll see you down the road okay
1: okay thanks jake appreciate right.
0: you having me on all right buddy take care all right man. god bless okay bye